Welcome back to Tales of Southwest Michigan's Past. This is Michael Delaware. I am your host. Today, we're going to venture down to one of my favorite communities to visit, which is on the line between Calhoun and Branch Counties, none other than Union City. And I have two returning guests, Bobby Mathis and Brian McCombs from the Union City Society for Historic Preservation. And they're here to talk about some very cool stories from Union City's history, as well as tell us about some of the other exciting programs they have coming up. So welcome back, Bobby and Brian. Thank you for taking time to be on the podcast today. Thank you. Thank you, hello. So Bobby, you guys had some great stuff happening this year and you still got some other great programs coming up. You're the president of the Union City Society for Historic Preservation. Could you tell the audience a little bit about the organization? Yeah, um, it's been around here since oh, 1987 and Dorothy and Dave Everett started it. And um, it's it's been a strong organization. Um, I joined in 2017 and um, have enjoyed being president since then. Um, it's an organization that um, preserves the history of Union City. So we store a lot of things at our museum, um, photo collections, books, memorabilia from local businesses. And we're trying to educate the community about our past. Union City has a very rich past with its uh, river history, railroad history, um, and just, it's been a wonderful place to live along the St. Joe River, and um, uh, we've had a lot of visitors come through since we've had some of these more, you know, elaborate events, so it's nice to see Union City history thriving at the, or, at the organization, and um, we have quite a few members, and we're always looking for more. Well, that is awesome. Now, you're based out of the Hammond House Museum, is that right? Yes, that's uh, Hammond House Museum. It's at 210 uh, Charlotte Street in Union City. And um, we are open usually by appointment. So if you want to call and make an appointment, you have to call us because there's no one residentially staying there. But I'm um, always looking for visitors to come through and come see the museum. All right. So, Brian, you've been active within the organization in Union City, and I understand you recently helped with a program called Stories from the Stoop. That's correct. Stories from the Stoop. It took us a while to settle on that name. We had stories from the porch, tales from the veranda. You pick one. We had we had plenty. We had a bunch of different names, but we, we settled on stories from the stoop. Yeah, it was it was great fun, and we're glad you came to that. By the way, yes, yeah, so it was good to see you there. Yeah, it was it was entertaining. I mean, it was uh, I it was a great format. I'm glad. I'm, and it's very original. That's what I enjoyed about it. You know, it, it was uh, something that stories from the stoop really came as sort of a, a natural progression from our dead man's hollow walking tour that we're about to do for the third year in a row. But a couple of years ago, you know, we, we started our, our tour there at the Hammond house museum and realized, you know, that we had a, a, a sort of a little untapped uh, venue there in which we could tell stories to, to the community. 
And um, as it turns out, it worked out really well. I mean, we've got ample parking and uh, the, the, uh, the neighborhood, there's, there's no, there are no bad neighborhoods in Union City, but we're, in a, we're especially blessed with a very nice neighborhood. Uh, with, uh, you've got a lot of nice neighbors and a yard that holds apparently a lot of people. I think we could probably <laughs> put 150 or 160 people in that yard. And to, and to profess stories of, of local history and, and, uh, and those, uh, those stories to the community, it's just a, it's just a, a lot of fun. And, and we did it for free. And so that was just, it's wonderful to be able to do that. It was, it was, uh, and it had great weather that day too. Perfect weather. We couldn't be more blessed with the weather. That's for sure. Could we delve into the story about the apple lady? How did she factor <laughs> into Union City's history? You want to take that one or you want me to? Uh, go ahead. You found her. You found the apple lady. So, <laughs> so she belongs to yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, this apple lady, she's kind of a running joke in the whole show. Um, she starts off, I, I just stumbled across an article about looking for the railroad and how the railroad became to be in Union City. And apparently this this woman named Hattie Parsons, she uh, considers herself the builder of the railroad. Without her, the railroad would not have existed she would bring the workers on the railroad apples to eat and uh, kind of like she'd get rides from on from the can cars up and down the railroad. So she was just thrilled to be there and help the workers, you know. She just figured she was an integral part of this whole process. She stood in front of her Women's Tuesday Club and was telling them about it. So then I got it in the idea that this this could be a running joke throughout the whole show. And to have her, you know, without me, you know, the app, the Union City wouldn't have this or wouldn't have that, all because she was, you know, bringing this little healthy snack to the workers on the railroad. And so I made her kind of like develop that through every character. And I just thought it was kind of a cute running joke to have throughout the show. But she was real. She was a real woman. She really did it. Um, Hattie Parsons. And um, I just thought she was kind of funny. And she's also part of our Dead Man Hollow tour. So she's been a character now, a reoccurring character in a couple of our events. So I, I got a chuckle out of it to see how, how, how important she thought she was to the whole endeavor of building the railroad here. Well, she certainly added a lot of color to the whole um, And that was, and by the was... way, played by Debbie Herman. Well, she did a really good job. So I want to give her a shout out. She was great. So you had some other citizens that came up and told stories of Union City during World War II. Uh, what were some of the memories that they shared? Um, well, for one, Bob Merchant was uh, one of our most, he's just a cherished member of our community. He's been the fire chief here for several years, and he's been active in uh, his business, uh, Merchant's Hardware, True Value Hardware. And so he grew up here, and we thought, what a cool idea to have people um, that have been here for a long time, that have a lot of memories of the community, to talk about how they grew up here, what their experiences were. So World War II, he was born in 34, 1934, so he definitely remembers growing up as a boy um, in the blackouts, and when you had to turn all your lights off, and... Um, and also the rationing, talking about gas rationing and um, other commodities that were hard to get sugar. 
Um, so he he talked about uh, he was not in the world, world War II, but he was in uh, the Korean War. So he would talk about remembering people coming through. His dad would have to go uh, get supplies through another company, through another business, and they would have to travel. And when they would go to the other stores, he noticed that his dad noticed that all the shelves were empty. There wasn't anything to be bought or had. And a lot of that was because the shortage of commodities in, in World War II. So it was very, I think, interesting for people to get to hear the, the greatest generation talk about, um, you know, what it was like to live here uh, and just loving this community, but also living through some hard times in the Depression as well. Stories from the stoop also was, but was basically, he was our centerpiece uh, when we initially thought of the idea. Um, of course, you know, telling stories off the porch of a historical society is not a new idea. You know, we didn't, we didn't invent that, but um, we, we, I immediately saw him being up there to share his worldly experience and he's such a good guy he's somebody actually would be an excellent person for a podcast because he's super knowledgeable about just about everything and just a, a genuinely good person and so we were really glad to have him uh as our act four yeah he certainly um he kept that audience really enthralled i mean they just they were listening to every word that he said you know He's beloved. He's he's very much beloved by the town. He has uh, he has a rare distinction of being, you know, very much appreciated and and beloved by everyone in the community. One of the big show-stopping stories of the event was the circus elephant that almost died in Union City. Can we go into that story a little bit? I mean, that's a big story. It's yeah. Not to be a pun there, but. <laughs> and I can't believe how many people, you know, were there that remembered it. They were there. We had Steve Foster there. We had Dr. Burlingame. So we had Dr. Burlingame. He was the veterinarian who treated Tina, the elephant who came to town with the Fisher's Brothers Circus in 1976. And um, his tale of talking about not only what happened that day, but the treatment of the elephant and the uh, end result of how the elephant ended up um, was really fascinating to hear. A lot of people also, Dr. Burlingame is another beloved member of our community. He's um, treated veterinary practice here for, for so many years and so many people know him through that. But to talk about the story in specific, um, like Fisher Brothers Circus came here and uh, there were three elephants that were in the circus and Tina was one of them and there was Jeannie. Jeannie was another star elephant and they had been traveling along and they got to Union City and uh, unbeknownst to the, the circus owner, Ken Benson owned the circus, owned the elephants and everything. They, the elephants had been playing and, and uh, got into a, a uh, wanted to spray each other and were spraying each other with water and Tina got into um, they would dip their their trunks into paint cans that were in the back of the circus tent. And I don't think they realized they were open or whatever. But Tina went ahead and Jeannie, they all were dipping their, their trunks in red paint. And it was very interesting to hear um, Dr. Burlingame talk about when he found Tina. Her, her trunk was covered in red paint. Her face was covered in red paint. And the other elephants, they'd all drank out of this can of lead-based red paint which is horrible obviously wow 
And uh, so, so all, all three of them drank from it? No, yes, no, they drank no, from just... it, but Tina only swallowed it. Tina's the only one that ingested it. The rest of them sprayed it out. Oh, okay. So they had drank it, but the other ones, I guess, didn't partake in actually ingesting it. So when they got there, um, she had been really playful. In fact, Steve Foster, um, the other person, he was 11 years old when this happened. He remembers getting rides on the elephants before um, the big show. And so Tina must have been feeling better at that point. And she was really uh, energetic. She'd been working all day. But as the day progressed, she got sicker and sicker and sicker until she, she was laying. She was just motionless. She wasn't moving around. And so they knew something had happened because obviously I think they could see her mouth covered in red paint. So they called... Um, they, they called all over. They got Dr. Burlingame. And Dr. Burlingame, this is the first elephant he, that he's ever treated, right? So he, he's never, he's done large animals, cows, horses, stuff like that. But um, he had to, you know, bone up on this. He had to get some, some expertise on this to find out, you know, how do you treat a two-ton elephant? Um, so you think he had to get Havidot, which is a, um, some sort of shot he had to give her. And I think it has calcium in it, something that would absorb the lead paint. And so he gave her a shot. And um, it was it was touch and go for a while. Everybody was really concerned. You can see in all the pictures from the papers that um, you can see her laying on the ground. There's a big crowd around her. Steve is exceptionally poignant. Um, He's very upset. You can tell in the picture that he he would not leave her side. So he would he would sit by her. A lot of people would bring her, you know, stuff. She wasn't eating, you know, until a little while later. Luckily, it had a happy ending where um, she started drinking water. She 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 would get up a little bit. Then they I think there's a big big part of his Dr. Burling game had to like tie a rope around her and took it up to his Jeep or his Wrangler, or I can't remember what type of car it was, and then pull her up. And the whole, like, everybody's watching this elephant get pulled to her feet. And then once she got up, she never laid back down again <laughs> for fear probably, you know, not being able to get back up again. Um, and then she yeah. went, it was a quart of lead paint, by the way. It was a, it was a lot of paint. Um, but they couldn't get her, they couldn't get in there with a crane or anything, so they had to figure out a way to get her to stand up. And um, eventually she started drinking water and taking in food. But it was really kind of a interesting event for the town to watch because, you know, what you come to watch is this really cool circus. You're going to have a good time. And then Cortina is laying there and she's not feeling so good. And to have that happen in our little community, it's it made our, it's it's something we remember in our collective unconscious unconscious so it's kind of an interesting story yeah you know in real estate we have been always talked about classes and stuff on lead-based paint and the what i recall when i was listening to you tell the story is that somewhere in one of the classes i took they said that it has for some people a sweet taste and that's why it was really dangerous to children when they would used to use it on cribs and it would flake off and the kids would get lead poisoning. Really? It brought about all that lead-based paint regulation in the 70s. And that kids would eat it, you know, it would be on windowsills and stuff as it would peel off. 
And so I wonder if maybe it tasted good to that elephant. That's why she drank it, you know. That's so something I didn't know, but that would make sense. And then um, I know I that wonder, she went. I wonder. I wonder what what color of paint tastes best. <laughs> you, you should try it, Brian. <laughs> yeah, let's do a Pepsi challenge. <laughs> Let us know how that turns out. Yeah. But it's interesting, but yeah. So, Bobby, you recently had um, a wonderful cemetery repair workshop at Riverside Cemetery. I saw some of the pictures on social media, a lot of happy people, a lot of great projects. And this is one that you've held quite often there at Riverside. Do you have any other events planned with your organization? Um, yeah, sure. A lot of them. Uh, we have... We have the Riverside Cemetery Tour coming up, Riverside Memory Cemetery Tour. That's going to happen September 23rd, and uh, Brian's going to be in that. He's going to be Quentin I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to be down there again to film it. I got. I know Dave Eddy is going to be part of that. Yes, Dave's going to play. Yeah, we're, his... very, we're very happy to have Dave. Yeah, we're, 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 we're excited to have Dave this year for sure. He's been practicing. He's been practicing. <laughs> so. Well, he tells me about it. He said he, he he told me the name of the character, but you know I forgot. So, um, but, uh, but yeah, I have lunch with him about once a week. So he um, talks about what he got going on. He's been preparing for that, you know. So he's going to be wonderful. He he's just he's so good at telling stories, and his voice is you could just listen to him read anything. Oh yeah, yeah, he's going to be great. Good choice, good choice. We had so we're going to have six some new people. Stories. Yeah. Oh, good. Good. Yeah, we've got four, but um, we have Brian. He was the popcorn guy last year. Orville <laughs> Sanderson. That's right. Yeah. Yep. This year, I'm a Mr. Quentin Hamp. He's a, a, a fellow from our town that, uh, uh, like Mr. Burlingame and, and Mr. Merchant, he was uh, known by all and liked by all and taken early. Uh, from the community, and so I'm really uh, happy to. Uh, a lot of people will remember him and be one of the people that were um, portraying that people present will remember who he was. So that that'll be exciting for me to do, and to share with the community. It'll be fun. And and Dave is going to be his cousin, Louis Kurtzen. Uh, Louis got a big history. If anybody knows Battle Creek history, Kurtzen Avenue, and the um, Liberty. Park amusement park. I get. I guess it was by Goldwack Lake. There was an. Yes. Okay. Yep. Well, yep. this guy started all that, and he ended up um, just doing a ton of stuff in Battle Creek and having to a lot to do with Battle Creek history. So this is going to be a little bit of Battle Creek coming to Union City with Dave Eddy. I'm looking really forward to him portraying um, Mr. Kurtzen because his history is so unusual. And then we've got um, Mary Breckheisen playing. Delia Page, who was a uh, school teacher at a deaf school, the Mystic School for the Deaf, and then we've got um, uh, we've got uh, Lacey Pulowski. She's going to be doing her grandma Delcy Tuttle, who owned the Tuttle Park Campground for many years around here. So if you know if you've been to the Tuttle Park Campground, um, that's going to be an interesting one to see. We've got um, J.P. Palmer's daughter, who's not alive, but it's Kate. Bowen Palmer or Kate Palmer Bowen is going to be played by Emma Tennyson. And it's going to be interesting because um, Kate Palmer was an artist in her own right. JP Palmer was a huge artist. You did a, an episode on JP Palmer. Yeah. He's quite a fascinating guy. And he had a daughter. Who, you have a bunch of 
you have his paintings over at the uh, we have over house, right? 80 paintings of J.P. Palmer in the house, uh, largest collection anywhere. Um, and his daughter was also very talented in her own right. So we're looking forward to her. And then we're going to have Mary Gale. She's doing, she's going to be playing Zay Robinson. And Zay Robinson uh, was a correspondent for the Union City Register Weekly. Her husband ran it for many years. And she was uh, uh, first, uh, uh, she did a lot of roles in Union City. In fact, it kind of ties back to Dead Man Hollow, which we're going to get to. Um, she was uh, wrote up her eyewitness account of what happened in Dead Man Hollow. And that's when I stumbled upon that story that kind of, led me down the rabbit hole for Dead Man Hollow. But she was uh, a young woman when that happened. So her, without her account, a lot of people would have never known about Dead Man Hollow. So um, Zay had her finger on the pulse of the community. So we've got a lot of strong characters for this year's cemetery tour. Good. Sounds like that one might be a little bit spooky as well. Could be. Oh, and we're also going to unveil a special tombstone that no one's ever seen before at the at the Riverside Cemetery tour. Wow, well, that's going to be two of them. Yeah, two of them. actually two. Yeah, two two new tombstones to dedicate um, because the historical society helped get those. They would have never had a tombstone had they not uh, been funded through local community activism here in Union City. Well, that's great. That's something to look forward to. Now, where can they get tickets for this event? Um, you can. I haven't put it on Eventbrite yet. I'm thinking about putting putting it on Eventbrite, um, I, and I can give you a link to that when I post it to Eventbrite. And then you can get them the day of, which is September 23rd. We have two tours, one at 2 and one at 5 p.m. Um, that's a Saturday. So you can get them there or online. Oh, okay. And then we have another event coming up later. I don't know if you want to talk about that right now or you want to talk about that later. Well, let's let's go to this other one that is happening at the museum. Brian, did you know that Bobby is scheduled to host a very special event at the Battle Creek Regional History Museum on October 7th? And it's going to be on tomb, tombstone preservation, restoration, and symbology? I'm aware of that. I, I saw the uh, Facebook post, and I'm... I'm uh, definitely, that's definitely one I'll go to because um, I've not, I've not heard uh, any of this. Uh, I, I, I know that she knows a great deal about the subject, but um, we've had like no time to really ever talk about it. So I'm interested to see uh, the show. Yeah. And she's also going to be up there with Andrew Noland, who's been a guest on the show before from Silent Cities Restoration. And then Andrea Chamberlain, she's done a lot of work over at uh, well, Evergreen Cemetery. Mm -hmm. Is that the name of it? Mm -hmm. yeah. Yep. So that, so that's kind of uh, is that west or east of Union City? Is that where that's at? Where is where is that it's, cemetery? I'm not from. I know it's like uh, before you Coldwater. My direction. I'm directionally challenged. So I don't know. Oh, okay. It's, so it's, more it's, like, yeah, it's, it's, it's south. It's southwest southeast. Okay. or southeast, okay. uh, southeast of uh, that area. Southeast, folks. Yeah, we're all directionally challenged today. Right. I was, I, it took me a while to fit. To I, I had to get my compass out and look. But. <laughs> I had it in my head that it was in Tacancha, but I guess that's not correct. It's um, it's actually to, down that's south of something. Go to Tacancha and take a take go south. It's south of Tacancha. Yeah. It's, it's on. Uh, 
it's on what what is that i forget the name of the highway even but anyway 27 right. yeah Anyway, so she she will be there on stage with uh, Bobby and Andrew talking about this subject. So it should be a lot of fascinating talk. And uh, tickets are only five dollars for that event. I will put the link in the show note descriptions for you folks so that you can uh, get your tickets early on that. They are going to go fast here, probably right after Labor Day. And um, so, Bobby, there's another big event that Brian mentioned. That's the third anniversary this year that you guys are doing in Union City. You want to talk a little bit about that? Sure. It's Dead Man Hollow. It's a popular event. Um, it's been uh, fun to do. It's telling the story. I think it's 105 years now. Uh, back in 1914, we had uh, quite the sensational murder suicide here in Union City and uh, tells the story, the real true story of what happened that that fateful day. Um, it's been such a popular event. People come out, we, we've gotten rave reviews. Um, it's just a, it's a, an interesting way to tell the story where it's in real time and you're walking from actual places from place to place. So it is a walking tour. It's about, what is it, Brian, a mile and a half? It's about a mile and a half through t through town. It's um, we walk through some areas of town. We call it a playful romp. We go through the the, the streets of town and we end up uh, in our cemetery, and uh, we have a short service there. And then we work our way back to the Hammond House Museum. And yeah, we're looking forward to it. We're hope we're 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 really uh, we're really testing the odds with our weather. We've had just nothing but good weather and everything that we've done. So this year, if we if we, if we have good weather, then uh, it's going to be great. Uh, we've got some new actors. We've got we've had some people. We've we've had we've kind of got the same we've got the same cast of folks that have been with us from the start. But we we have a few that alternate in and out, and so we've got some new faces this year, and uh, we're looking forward to it. Well, that sounds like fun. I'm definitely I have that on my calendar this year. Last year I was not able to make as I was down with COVID and I was so disappointed I couldn't get down there. But uh, this year I'm definitely going to go down there and just enjoy the whole spooky performance. Yeah. I'm just looking forward to it. It's great. It's just awesome. Every It's just so the um, atmosphere is like electric. It is. It's just, just so fun to see these places are just, I don't know, it's, it's, it's a nice show. It's really good. Yeah, we should uh, talk about doing something with the Crouch Murders, too. I just got my book off to the to the uh, final round of the publisher, and I'm waiting for them to get back with me. I can't wait to read cover it. Cover design. Yeah, so that the, the I went through the final layer of uh, editing, and now it's in the final editing stage, and they say they won't, I won't hear from them for a couple of months, and then they'll, once they start making contact again, they said it will go pretty fast, you know, be a lot of... Uh, but I had to go through all the photos and everything. But uh, Crouch Murder has a, a leg of that story that's in Union City. And it is amazingly bizarre. When I dug into it, there was so much more than just the original murder. There was, uh, you know, an attempted murder in Union City. You know, and then there was two other suicides from people related to the case and another two people... Uh, tried to attempted suicide and uh, it's just <laughs> it's a crazy story it's a crazy yeah. story when i found 
that part of Union City, I just stumbled on it because, you know, the Union City connection. And I thought, someone needs to write this up so people can hear the whole story. Because like you said, unless you're a history digger and looking into court records, because I know you did a lot of research and you found a lot of stuff yeah. that even I hadn't seen about this story. Yeah. And as soon as I thought I had a, a section, then it would go off in a different direction, you know, and it was just, uh, and it's probably a story I could, once this book is out, after a couple of years, I may revisit and find even more about it. You know, who knows? That's how it goes with these uh, looking up these old murder stories. And but, uh, I don't know about anybody else, but reading the newspapers from back in the day, they're so sensational. The stories oh, yeah, are yeah. so amazing to read. The journalism is a lot different than we have today. Yeah, we, we have really lost a lot in the art of writing. <laughs> you know, so I try to borrow some of the, the, the descriptions and themes from that when I put my book together so I could capture the way people looked at it, you know, but... Uh, but it's got to be a lot of similarities to, in a lot of ways, to this Dead Men Hollow story. So I'm really looking forward to seeing that play out. At the event. How many tours are they going to be done that evening? Is it just um, it's one? On, it's October 12th, and it's going to mm -hmm. be two times. I believe we have one at, oh, I think we have one at 5.30 and one at 7.30. Is that right? You know, we changed it. We moved it to where it was darker uh, for both of the tours. So we did shift it, but I can't I can't say exactly when it is. I'd have to check the flyer, but we'll, we'll post it. Yeah, or we have it posted somewhere. It's yeah, I, it's definitely October 12th. It's 530. I think or the six. last one is like 830, maybe. Oh, 830 or 830. Yeah, yeah, I think it is. Like, I think it's five. OK, it's 530 and 830. We noticed, Michael, that people seemed to be waited. Uh, they wanted to be at the, the, uh, present for the late show since it would be dark. We give everybody uh, or we encourage people to take flashlights and we have little glow sticks. And uh, and people like the atmosphere of the cemetery, too, when it's, you know, dark. So um, so we, we, we shifted the, the, the uh, shows to kind of give everybody some some dusk time. Nothing like a creepy murder story right. in the dark. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Yes. So fi finally, we should probably mention that all three of us are going to be performing again in Christmas time at the museum, Battle Creek Regional History Museum, on December 16th. For Very Tales excited. of Christmas Past. Oh. That's going to be fun. I had so That's much another fun. date, folks. That's another date, folks, to mark on your calendar. That's December 16th. There's going to be two performances uh, on a Saturday, and there'll possibly be a third performance on a Sunday. We still have to decide. It'll probably be depend on how the early ticket sales go, and then we can make a judgment call whether we do a third one. But uh, a lot of excitement is going to be included in the Battle Creek Cities promotion this year as part of their uh, winter wonderland promotion that they send out around the city. So, Well, I'm looking forward to being uh, acting alongside Donna again. She's phenomenal. Donna Rickman is just amazing. Mm -hmm. and, yep. and of course uh, we have Dave Eddy. And Jill, Jill, Jill McCombs. Yep. Yep. Yeah, can't, can't Jill, about Jill McCombs. Jill McCombs is very excited. She's she's read the script to me already, and she's she's looking forward to it. So we're we're all really excited. We hope we have a good yeah. crowd. Everybody should come on out and see it. Yeah, we're still putting a, even still 
coming up with a few more stories for that. It's going to be completely different than last year. And it'll be even better because the room is all finished too, you know? So it looks beautiful in there, by the way. With, and the sound system is just, it's going to be fun. So it should be a lot of fun. A lot of great stuff coming up in the next four months here, guys. So definitely mark your calendar for these great events in Union City. Any last minute uh, things that you want to tell us about? Are you guys going to do another holiday thing at the Hammond House this year? Mm -hmm. We're going to have another, another open house. Mm -hmm. We're going to have an open house for tours with a Christmas wassail. Wassail? Wassail? <laughs> I don't know how to say it. Wassail. Yeah. That thing, Wassel, um, where people can come through, get some Wassel, and look at the museum. Um, it's going to be during our Christmas parade downtown. So as long as you're going to come see Santa, you might as well come see the museum and have some hot beverage. And we're going to have probably another Christmas tea. Um, and that's at, usually hosted through the um, Historical Society. Um, at Paula DeJong's All Things Serenity Event Center. That's usually at Christmas time, and we have tea and kind of Christmas cheer and stories and a craft. So that's all going to be happening in December. Not sure on the date of those yet. Well, that's going to be fun. I, I went to that last year. It was often it was it was quite awesome because they had a lot of great food there. I think that was the the memory I took away from it. The great. Uh, uh, punch that they had there. Yeah, that was the one. I don't remember the drive home very well. But... <laughs> <laughs> so that's great. So any any last words you'd like to tell us about uh, the stories from the stoop or anything like that, Brian, that we may have missed? Uh, not not really. I, I we are very much looking forward to next year. Um, we mm -hmm. we uh, feel that it's something that it was it was. Uh, it went so well for us and it was so uh, such a nice day that um, we we would really like to do it again and have even more people come we've been we've been asked not to do it again because this one was so good we don't we, we might not be able to, to to pull it off twice but i think i think uh, we're, we're going to try um, and and hopefully have good weather and and we're looking for you know hopefully we have some really interesting stories local you history to tell Union City yeah. has no shortage of fascinating stories. Yeah, so I, it I'm, certainly does. I think we can definitely pull this off again. I and and you know it'll be wonderful. People will. It, it's a, all for all ages. That's the other nice thing is you can be any age, come and enjoy it. Just like the days of radio mm -hmm. when you would come and listen to a you know an old serial on the radio and sit by the you know fireside chats like Roosevelt had. Yeah, maybe we can do the Crouch murders at your uh, stories from the stoop next year. That yeah, kind of tying James Foy. Yeah, that would be an interesting one. Well, yeah, and also the the I forgot the name of the uh, postmaster that was supposed to be shot, but they shot the other guy. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the whole story. There's like three characters there mm -hmm. right, that could be talked about from the Union City area. And Foy was known in Union City. He had worked in the area. That's why they knew who he was. And that that's was, why the guy that was Easton, Easton, him. right, Mr. Easton. Right. Yep. That's David, right. Yeah. Major, yeah. Major, well, major David, Easton. Yep. Yeah. David Easton was the postmaster, and Elmer Schuler was the assistant postmaster. And, right, Elmer and Elmer didn't got shot. Elmer, yeah, didn't fare so well. But he survived. But uh, he only lived like four more years after that. I think yeah. he died young. He's very, 
And uh, but yeah, the uh, Easton was the uh, Civil War major. I guess they called him Major Easton mm-hmm. yep. for his whole he, life. So he, he he did a lot of things here. He ran the newspaper. He was a newspaper editor. Mm-hmm. He was the postmaster. He was a prisoner of war at Libby Prison. Um, mm-hmm. So he he's a fascinating character just in of in of himself. Yeah, when I did my final editing on my book, they were asking me to chop stuff out of stories, but I kind of refused to do it on the Crouch Murders. I really wanted all the details in that one. So I cut it out of some of the other stories, you know. <laughs> that well, good. One. I'm glad you stuck with it. So, yeah, it's it's challenge working with a publisher. I tell you what, it's, the advantages of their distribution is, is good, but it's uh, a little frustrating when they get nitty gritty word count, you know, so... <laughs> That's interesting. I That's like good. self-publishing. Yeah. Well, I can't wait to read it. I'm looking forward to it. Well, thank you. It's been a long project. What's the name of the book? What's the name going to be? The name they came up, they finally settled on, and it may change between now and the time they designed the cover, but they, it's going to be uh, Victorian or Southwest, Southwest Michigan Victorian True Crime. Nice. So yeah, I wanted the name Victorian in there because it's all from the Victorian era, so... Uh, my original title was completely scrapped. You know. What was the original title? <laughs> the Butler. The original. Did it. No, I had the name. <laughs> the Butler did. I have to remember that. That's a good. Yeah, I have to name a story that way. Yeah. No, the original title was Sinister Impulse. Oh. Um, and murder and mystery from the Victorian era in Southwest Michigan. And they wanted to shorten the title down. They didn't think Sinister Impulse was uh, such a great title. But I thought it was when I, you know, when you read all the stories, it's like that was the common denominator. Like everybody had that did these horrible crimes, had this sinister impulse that uh, drove them to it. That was the unexplainable thing, you know. So that was what I wanted the title for. But uh, I'll go with whatever, you know, I'm here to get the stories out. Title's not so bad, not so important. But, uh, but that's that's fun. It. I was glad to have you guys back on. Yeah, I love talking about Union City history, and even though we diverge in a different direction sometimes, but uh, it's uh, fun. Looking forward to the cemetery tour, and uh, folks, I'll put all the the links that I can find on this. And if you want to f- check out the Battle Creek Regional History Museum group, uh, I always try to share what's happening in Union City in that group. We appreciate uh, so if you're missing it. the links to any of these things, you know, and then there's also the a Union City group website uh, page there on Facebook, which I will put the link to that. So you can check out the Union City group and join that. Um, I think it's Saving Graves. Is that the one that you guys use to share all your, your group information? Uh, for the cemetery, yeah. It's, uh, Saving Graves Riverside Cemetery. Okay. So they'll be out there. You'll be able to find it. They put the events on facebook as they approach but i will get links from bobby and put them in the show note descriptions for you folks and i'll put the show note in the show notes the links where you can buy tickets for the event that bobby is doing on october 7th at the museum as well as uh well tales of christmas past won't be available probably till mid-october but i'll be talking about that in the future and you guys won't get away from me on that one so (laughs) well But that's going to do it for today's journey through history here on Tales of Southwest Michigan Pass. Thank you so much for being on the show today, guys. Thank you for having having you, Bobby. Love having you, Brian. You guys are great. Thanks. And 
And if you guys want, if you're out in the audience, want to reach out to me, you can always find me at michaeldelaware.com. I am always happy to hear from my listeners. And until next time, when we take another journey into yesterday and explore even more fascinating tales of Southwest Michigan's past, thank you for listening. So folks, this is future Michael after this interview was recorded, and I just wanted to let you know there was some technical difficulty with the software that I use for group recordings, and I was able to debug it after the fact, but unfortunately some of the sound in this recording wasn't as good as you're used to hearing. So I apologize for that. Hopefully that will be corrected by next time. Just wanted to pass along that note. It wasn't you, it was me. But please remember to share this episode and uh, take note of the dates that I mentioned. Thanks for listening. <laughs>